This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I have an awesome guest here today. I'm really excited about Justin Williams of House Flipping HQ, a house flipping champion. This guy kills it in the space, but his mindset is even stronger. So I'm really excited. Thanks for being with us today, Justin. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So Justin William comes to us from San Clemente, California, where he lives with his family. He's flipped over 500 houses and at one point was flipping 100 houses per year for multiple years, which ended up leading to this amazing community house flipping formula, which I'm a part of through uh, a couple of different masterminds that he has, seven figure flipping being one of them. And that's been a huge help for me. And so I'm excited to talk with him because he's been a personal mentor. He's hit success at so many levels. And uh, I'm really grateful to call him a friend and a mentor. And I'm grateful to have him here today so we can kind of dive into some questions that I had that I'm sure all of you guys have been thinking about as well. So awesome, Justin. I'll just jump right into it. So, so if we start by looking back, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? So um, as a kid, I have always been obsessed with earning and, and making money. I, I just have. Um, at, at a very young age, we were convincing my aunt to take us to Costco and buy the bulk candy and would sell them around the neighborhood. I remember one particular time uh, I had to have been in like first grade or younger at this time but I made this uh, slingshot and I painted it black. And that was back in the day when like the, like hot, the, the hot colors were in style and the neon, like sorry, it was like a hot pink. I wrote, I painted it black and wrote hot shot on it. Um, no, no one bought it, but it was, I thought it was pretty cool. It didn't shoot that well. Uh, but constantly just trying to, to earn money as I got older, uh, we would sell things door to door. I remember when I got into like the, fourth grade, I would go and work for $3 an hour for um, a landscaper that worked with my dad. He was in um, construction. And I would use that money to then go buy animals, specifically rabbits. I got into the, the chickens and lovebirds. Because in my mind, I'm like, these things multiply, right? So it's like you can pay this amount of money for it, and then it multiplies, and you can sell them and make more money. Um, and so I, I loved that as I got older. My parents they were never like super successfully entrepreneurial, but they got into like a bunch of MLMs, you know, those, dif those different, um, mar uh, I want to call them pyramid schemes because they're not, I don't, anyway. You the can, real you know, hustle or hustle businesses. I always call yeah, them. Businesses. Yeah. They, so they got into multiple like MLMs and they never like stuck with one long enough to be really successful at it for the long term. But I remember just like some of that mindset was just in my mind. I would go to some conventions with them. I ended up reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad in, in high school, which I hear so many investors like credit their success to. And I thought, huh, that's not really the thing. But I was like, well, maybe it was a long time ago to the point where it just felt like it was a part of me. You know, by the time I um, got married, like I was talking to my wife, she's like, wow, you think way different than anybody I know. I was just talking about all these like rentals we're going to have someday and we're going to be financially free and all this stuff. She's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. So if I take a step back to when you were a kid, why, why did you start? 
selling stuff on the street? Why did you start selling stuff to your friends? What was going on back then that made you think, hey, I need to go out there and I need to, to make it on my own? I don't know. I mean, you know, some, some people say you're either born an entrepreneur or you're not. I mean, I don't really believe that. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't, I don't remember the exact thing. To me, it was just so, it was like, why would you not, right? So there's definitely something there. I don't know if it was in, incepted as a, a child, what they call nature or nurture, right? Like, I don't know if it was, I was born with it or if I kind of developed it over time, but I just was always been very motivated um, to, to earn money. And I don't think it was just to earn money. It's like what that can accomplish can get for you, right? We didn't have money growing up. We didn't have, I mean, my parents were incredible. They took care of us. We had all the necessities of, of life and I couldn't be more grateful. I owe them everything, but we weren't able to go on trips and to, to do all these things. Uh, in fact, I remember we'd go and stay with my aunt because she, um, she was a single parent with, with one child. So she would have a little extra income. The funny thing is I, th I thought she was the rich aunt and looking back, she was on like government sub subsidized living and all this stuff, but she just had one child. And so sometimes we'll go to the movies or I remember her taking us to Taco Bell and we were allowed to choose like two items from the like 39 cent menu. And that was like so exciting for us. Right. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how when you're growing up, just looking at somebody else's situation, you think that they're living it large. And then you look exactly. back and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So I might not have had that much growing up, but neither did they. They just yep. were choosing to spend their money yep. differently. And, you know, they ended up in a different position. My mom would actually take us to like stores, like we'd go to Stater Brothers and she would buy the candy bars that people would sell for like fundraisers and we would sell this. She figured it out how to do that and we would go and sell those. And that's literally <laughs> how we bought like our, our treats and how we paid for things. I mean, it, it was kind of, kind of interesting looking back. I love it. I love, I love the hustle early on, Justin. I can see where it comes from. It's been in your blood <laughs> for a really long time. So just looking at your background, tell me a little bit about kind of what's your primary focus from an investing and a coaching and a teaching standpoint these days. What are you working on? So, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, I've been flipping and wholesaling houses for, for 12 years. I, I think you may have read an old bio because I've done close to a thousand deals. Just say, hey, just putting it that's out a, there. Right? That's a really old bio then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must, must be pretty old. Um, it's probably close to like 800, 850 anyway. But um, so, yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. And five and a half years ago, had our business pretty systematized. We're flipping about 100 houses per year. And moved to San Clemente. I uh, only had to work a few hours a week and just kind of felt like, hey, we've, we've arrived. Then don't get me wrong, there have been plenty of ups and downs. Like, I know that sounds like, oh, that's easy, or what's this guy talking about? I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but thought I had arrived, thought I had everything I wanted, and started to feel anxious and slightly depressed in some ways. And it was such a horrible feeling because I thought I was where I thought I wanted, I was where I thought I wanted to be. And did not have that is like, well, what's what now? Like what I have everything I want. Like what else could there be? And I realized it wasn't about the money anymore. It was more about fulfillment. It was about giving back. And I, you, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I know that's why you're kind of doing this podcast and some things. Absolutely. Um, but I had this need, this yearning, the money piece was taken care of. The time piece was taken care of. And now I needed to contribute. And I believe as human beings, like that's a necessity. We have to give back. We have to fill that need. So started, the House Flipping HQ podcast, um, start, and then started House Flipping Formula, and eventually that led to seven-figure flipping, and just started helping other people create their own seven-figure house flipping or wholesaling business. Um, 
So you went from you went from being this this huge flipper, and you're still flipping houses today, right? Yeah. You're just not you're not doing it at the same volume. The markets changed. Your strategies that were working the best back then it's it's modified a little bit now. But really, it's you've gotten so much more fulfillment out of going out and contributing and helping other people that you want to pour everything into it because you've kind of hit you hit your ceiling in that space, and you could have kept going on, but it wasn't fulfilling you. Why'd you decide to go down this path? Why coaching? So I never thought I would do this in a million years. Um, as many of you know, the real estate education industry has kind of a bad uh, reputation. And I just didn't want to be associated with uh, any of that. Um, so never in a million years. But after several months of being bored and not knowing what to do, I, I knew I was going to go into online. I, I was like, if there's anything I can learn that I think would be valuable. And I was not techie. I still am not that techie as, as you know, I think. Um, but yes. I knew it would be marketing <laughs> and it would be online marketing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to dive into this. It's scary, but I've got the time. I can do anything I want. What do I want to do? And I just started diving in and I, I found this thing called a podcast. And I thought, huh, I wonder if they have any podcasts on online marketing. So I just dove in, found a guy named John Lee Dumas and just literally like dove in. And from here, I found a guy named Pat Flynn and listened to literally like hundreds of podcasts. That's all I would do all day. I would wake up at like one in the morning because I couldn't sleep because I was so excited to listen to podcasts and just listen to hours and hours and hours and hours of podcasts, listen to hundreds uh, within probably the first month or so. And then started reaching out, reached out to Pat, reached out to John, never heard back from Pat, heard back from John and just started going down this road. And then he's like, hey, when are you going to start your podcast? I'm like, ha ha ha, you know. I'm not doing a podcast. He's like, what do you, like, why would you pay me all this money to not start? Like, I'm the podcast guy. So I'm like, okay, fine. Tell me what to do. I'll go do it. And he's like, well, what are you going to do it on? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, what do you, he's like, made me write this list of all the things I knew about. And he's like, well, why don't you do it on that? Like teaching people what you know how to do. I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, but you're not them, right? You can be different. You can be you. That's the whole purpose. I'm like, okay, good point. So that's where I got started. And we've been doing that. Um, ever since. And it's been a, been a wild ride. So that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, you know, here's one of the things, truth be told, when I got into the space, everyone told me, don't spend any money on education. All these gurus are just going to rip you off. None of them actually do it. Um, none of them even are flipping or doing any of the stuff that they're talking about. You know, and so I think it often gets a bad rap. You know, why do you think people believe that stuff about, uh, about the coaching industry? I mean, part of it is because it can be true sometimes, right? It, it has yeah. happened. And I've gone through that. When I first um, got involved in real estate in 2007, I was blown away. A friend of mine told me about this guy that was putting on this event. And I was like, really? This guy's going to teach us how to make millions of What? I was like blown <laughs> away. Like, why would he do that? Flew on a plane in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and I was pumped. We paid the guy 15 grand, which today would be like 40 grand, you know, whatever, right? It was a long time ago. And we were all in. And I don't, I still don't regret it. I mean, cause it's kind of what caused me, I was invested. It caused me to move forward, take action, but found out uh, after a few months that this guy hadn't really been doing the business for six years. And it wasn't so much that he hadn't been doing it. It was that he was lying and saying that he was doing it. Realized that he wasn't. Um, Tara and I actually won a car that we never got, right? So it's like, what the heck is, is like going on here? Then later on, got into another coaching program. It's a very well-known program. Um, <clears throat> wasn't like a horrible program, but just wasn't everything we were told it was going to be. A guy just got on and talked about 
politics all day and cage fighting. And it was like, okay, like I'm, I'm here to like learn something else. Still though, I, I, I don't regret any of those larger expenses, but then, I mean, I know of other people, um, I'm trying to be very careful to na name names, but you have these like celebrities on these yeah. shows and what they do is these organizations will go out and they'll contract the celebrity and they'll promote them. Then you show up, they're not really there. They do like a free seminar and then they upsell you to the next thing and next thing before, you know, they're selling like $40,000 packages to people, which I don't have any issue with, but to who they're selling it to, they're selling to people who have never done this business before. Right. And we all know that uh, there's a lot of people out there that, that, you know, they have this, oh, they want to sell them the goal, the dream of getting rich and it's easy and all this stuff. And you take every last penny they have and the success rate is just, is just very low. Right. So, <clears throat> I mean, it has a bad rap beat because of some of those things, but the problem is what we do is we then create these beliefs, right? I'm a big fan of, we all have a certain set of beliefs that, Cause us to function. We have to have those beliefs. But a lot of times those beliefs that it, truth is, it's our reality, right? Is becomes very limiting. And it's actually what holds us back from the next amazing thing. So for a long time, I had this limiting belief as well, that education is bad. You shouldn't do this and that. Um, and it took a long time to have that broken. And I was hitting, I was doing well on my own, but I was hitting this glass ceiling and I couldn't progress anymore. And then finally, one day I, I, I met Andy McFarland and he told me all this group he was in. And I was like, okay, I trust Andy. And so I, I got into that and, and that was awesome. And then um, I was struggling in my education business. And I was like, huh, like, I, I wonder if I need some help here, right? Like I was about to give up. I was going to throw in the towel. Um, so then I came across a guy named Russell Brunson and he had a, a program for $25,000. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to buy this. I'm just going to read his book and go to his event, all this stuff. Within two hours, I, I, I signed up for his $25,000 program and never looked back, right? So Today, I'll just say this, today I spend, I'll probably spend about a quarter million dollars this year on education, consulting, coaching, and, and it's by far the best money I've, I'll, I'll ever spend. So yeah. it, it's amazing, actually, Justin, you say that because about two and a half years ago when I got started, you know, I was trading skills that I had in order to get some mentorship and it worked really well. It's part of my formation story. I'm really, I, I think that's a great way to go if you don't have any money, but then I took the leap. Yeah. I spent a little bit of money on, on a program to go to an event and it ended up being huge. It ended up opening up all these relationships and these opportunities and it changed the way that I think about it. And frankly, I've spent a ton of money. Like yep. I, I didn't want to spend a thousand bucks back then. And I probably spent 40 or 50,000 last year. Actually, yeah. I think it's a little bit more than that on education. And I probably will spend a similar amount this year. Yep. And it's given me the biggest returns. And so this is definitely not a sales pitch uh, for anything that you're doing. But I just want to say that like I had this huge limiting belief on that same front and I changed it. And so for you, when you run into limiting beliefs, because you've knocked down limiting beliefs one by one, and we're going to talk about some challenges here in a second, but what's, what's the process for you? How do you get over that? How do you go from being like, I'm not, mm, I don't think I can do that. I don't think this is something I want to focus on to, you know what, screw it. Let's do it. Yeah. So shoot. I mean, I don't know that I have like an exact formula step-by-step -step process, but I'll tell you part of it, honestly, is it's from seeing like other people, right? So I talked about Andy and then a lot of people mentioned this guy, this guy, Russell Brunson. And mm -hmm. my, my personality, I mean, even though I took like a few year hiatus of believing in like paying for education and high level education yeah. and stuff like that, but my personality is such that 
what so what like so most people live their life in, in fear of the what if what if what if and to me like i fear missing an opportunity a lot more than i fear the what if what if this what if that well what if what if it does work what if this mentor what if this person really can do what he says he's going to do and so for me like that's worth it to me now you got to be smart about it like if you're if you've never started a business before and you have no savings no income no nothing you probably don't want to go through every last penny you have at, at something like start with a smaller coaching program, start with something a free start with podcast, start with different things like that. And then as you get going more then then get into that stuff. Right. Um, so one of the biggest things that I think is uh, and, and you've, you've taught me this, so I'll just share it is that you can surround yourself with people without having to, sign up for something. You can start learning, right? Sure. Everyone who's listening to this podcast right yeah. now, just, just from that example where you listen to hundreds and hundreds of episodes, that was direct free mentorship. Yes. And then eventually you had soaked up everything that you could that was out there for free. And you're like, okay, how do I get that extra little 5%, yeah. that 10%, that 100% to bring me all the way to my goals? And then it's worth it. Then it's like, it's a no brainer because you're already pre-committed. You've already spent countless hours training and learning and, and studying that when you finally take the leap, I mean, you're, you're committed, baby. You're doing yeah. it. I think you bring up a good point, actually. I mean, we're in the information age and sometimes information can be too much, but it allows you to get familiar with the person. Like after listening to a hundred episodes of John Lee Dumas, like I knew this guy wasn't like a fraud or a crook or just going to take my money and run away with it. Right. Yeah. Um, same thing with Russell Brunson, right. After reading his book and all these things, I think back in the day, it was kind of like, it was a little harder to see that. Right. Um, so you can do your deal, due diligence. There's plenty of reviews. There's all that, all that stuff. Um, so you are, you are able to do those things. So you're pretty successful. You're killing it. You live in San Clemente, California. You got a beautiful house, beautiful family. You've kind of got everything that you probably ever want. I mean, it's probably hard for some people to relate. They're thinking, ah, I don't know. What's, what's this guy even, he doesn't have a problem in the world. So, so if you thought about it, what are some of the biggest challenges in your life today? Oh, today. Okay. So today, today. oh man, where do I begin? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, challenges never go away. I believe as an entrepreneur, like you are literally, you're signing up to have problems and to, like, that's what you get paid for. So number one, when you become an entrepreneur or, or anything in life, like put on your problem solving hat. I taught my team a long time ago, whenever there's like a big problem or a big issue, like I want you to do a fist pump and be like, yeah, right? Like that's why I do this. Like that's why I get paid the big bucks because I'm willing to do and able to do what other people aren't. So kind of how I mentioned, like when I got here in San Clemente, thought I had everything I wanted, like in a way I started to feel worse than I ever felt. Like my wife went through like a strong depression. Like I was struggling in different ways. Um, I mean, I have, I have challenges every day. Like I don't think the challenges change, but they, they change, but they're still there. But I think the beautiful thing is knowing that you're, you're going after it. You're going after your dreams. You're, you're, I think that's what life is really about. Like knowing that we're, we're giving it our all. I mean, there, there's a quote from, Winston Churchill, um, I'm totally going to, oh, wait, here it is, it's right here, actually, I found it in my notes. To each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitting to their talents. What a tragedy 
if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. So to me, I mean, did you want to say something on that? You're about to say something. For, for me, like, I've got one life to live, right? Like, I, I'm okay with failure. I'm okay with challenges. I'm okay with struggles. Like, I would rather live my life going forward and playing the game. And I, I coach my son's football team and the other coach that I coach with, he always says, we either win or we learn. But you know what? Like, you play the game. If you don't play the game, to me, that's the only way you really lose. So for me in life, like, I'm going to play the game. And I've had more failures than we could ever talk about in 100 episodes of this podcast. More quote-unquote failures. Because I yeah. don't look at them as failures. Like, I consider my first business that we lost $120,000. We were $120,000 in debt within one year. I planned on making a million dollars. Instead, we were $120,000 of debt living in a s small room uh, in a house we shared with all our employees. My son, six-month-old son, slept in the closet. I mean, talk about potentially feeling like a failure, but, but I didn't. Don't get me wrong. I had those moments of like, oh, crap. Like, I can't believe I'm putting my family through this. But I, was, I still felt wealthy because I knew what was possible. I knew where I was going. I knew where I was going to be within a few years. It didn't matter where I was in the moment. As long as I could feed my family, have a roof over my head, like none of that mattered. So to me, I would rather live life knowing that I'm going for it than live a life of mediocrity, just playing it safe, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. That vision is what carried you through it. And, uh, you know, especially when you're, you're near rock bottom, it's really that's the time where it's easiest to fight, I think, is when you're yeah. like, there's no other choice for me or my family but to make it there. But now you've made it. What are some of the, what, what's a recent challenge? What's a recent failure that you're willing to share or willing to, to talk through? Because I, I know that you've gone through a lot. I know that even within the existing business, it's, it's, you're dominating in that space again. But I'm sure there's challenges that come up. No, there, there are challenges every day. I mean, I could literally go through each day and, and talk about the, the different challenges that, that we've had. Oh, for example, literally the day before yesterday, I got a death threat, right? I mean, like, I mean, wow. just some guys like, Hey, if you send me another email, I'm going to send someone over to, to slit your throat or whatever. I was like, okay, oh my I'll God. take him off the list, you know, like, yeah. but it's like, you can't let that stuff bother you. I mean, I wrote a blog post in 2014. Um, I, I won't mention the forum that I wrote this on, but it was my goal of to flip 150 houses, which, which I'd never done at that time. But I was just going to have people follow along in my journey to flip 150 houses, right? And I thought it would be exciting. I thought people would appreciate it. They'd get a lot of value. I thought it would help me attract cool people. Um, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like it. I believe a, a huge way to market is to give value to people, right? And then if it's a fit, they'll know that and they'll, they'll come and maybe you can work together. So I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't partly that as well. But I put this out there and I got so much like ridicule, right? I was getting attacked. People call me liars and that's not possible. So I'm just trying to take advantage of people. And that to me was like one of the most horrible gut-wrenching feelings of my life. Like people attacking my integrity like that. It was just the most horrible feeling. Um, but I kept pushing through and for an entire year, I just posted about my journey in, in doing this thing. And granted, I didn't even hit the 150, but I, I did my best and, and it was a good thing. And I feel like a lot of people got value out of it, even though there was tons of haters along the way. After that year, I was done. I'm like, okay, I'm done doing this. 
so hindsight, looking back, I, I feel like some people got some value, but I felt like there's a lot more criticism and negativity that came from it. But looking back, as I've recently gone through and talked to a lot of our eight-figure members and just in passing, realized that at least five or six of them, so five or six people that I am aware of that are currently in my eight-figure program have reached a seven-figure income found me initially because of that blog post. Yeah. And I had no idea. Right. So I believe to achieve any level of success, if you think about anyone, you think about like Thomas Edison, Martin Luther King, um, the, the, the quote, the quote I just read, Winston Churchill, right? Like how much criticism did all these people have to go through before they were respected in the way that they were? Right. So there's a certain level of resistance that we are given. And a lot of it, I believe we give that, a lot of that uh, comes from us. We think it comes from everyone else outside of us, but we really teach people how to treat us, I believe, right? That's another tangent I could go off on. Well, it's uh, like you, we, we, we give people the power for that to yes. affect us because you wrote that blog post and I remember reading it before yeah. I started working with you in any kind of way, shape, oh, or form. And I remember I didn't even going through that and being like, okay, this is interesting. And, you know, I'm a skeptic at the time. Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't want to spend any money. This guy's trying to sell me some. I know yeah. this digital marketing thing. I know what's going on here. Yeah. But I'm reading through it. I'm amazed when I look back at that because I've definitely come to your defense on that website a few different times yeah. where I've been like, yeah. hey, you guys can think what you think. But, like, I've done 150 deals in two years with zero experience and I've never even lived in the States that I'm doing business while I've yeah. been doing business there. So it's like you, people can think what they think, but then you're going to get through to the people that it, that it counts. And by persisting through that and not allowing that to, to affect you, to give those people the power, um, you're able to do a lot more. You gave them the power because it, you know, it sounds like you you pulled back from wanting to do that kind of thing and totally understand. I mean, yeah, it's I hard to have people hating on you. It's because you're, you're, a, you're a guy who leads with his heart. You're a loving guy. And uh, when people are saying things that are kind of hurtful or judgmental and you're like, wait, you don't even know me. Like I'm, I'm really totally. doing good out here. Totally. I think we all to different levels. I mean, anyone would be lying if they didn't say that in some way, shape or form, other people have power on them. I think the goal mm -hmm. is constantly to be following your heart and not worrying about that. And the interesting thing is the more you do that, the more um, people actually will follow you and they will mm -hmm. lead you and look up to you. I know you recently got back from like a Tony Robbins event and you're kind of into mm -hmm. the Tony Robbins. Um, Russell Brunson tells a story about how when he went to his first Tony Robbins event, he shows up with his notebook, he's ready to take some notes, dee, 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 right? And then all of a sudden, like everyone's like jumping around and going crazy and he's like, what a bunch of idiots. Like, I can't believe this is going on. Like moron, you know, he's just like, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. And so after like the first, the second day it started and then like the third, finally he's just kind of like, but what if, what if I do play all out? Like, what if I just tried it? And so then he, he did get into it. It wasn't just the jumping around. It was the, the believing what is possible. Right. And he Absolutely. said, he that it, it like changed his life. It changed his marriage, but it was more, it was his being willing to like look at a new perspective, right? And say, hmm, what, what if? What if what if these false beliefs are limiting me that I have in the past because of X, Y, and Z, but what if this is different or the situation is different? And and he did. So Yeah, it's amazing actually. I'll just say one little thing on that. I I was at this 
the Tony Robbins event, volunteering. They have something called Crew. Mm -hmm. And uh, all these people come back and they've been doing it since Tony started. And yeah. so what was so amazing about that was I've gone through that experience. I've gone down that journey and I had some big changes, right? I went to, there's two different events, uh, Unleash the Power Within, which is the shorter event. It's four days. It's a great entry event. And then Date with Destiny, which is the one that the movie is made on. It's six yeah. days, 60 hours of content. It's absolutely insane. But what's so amazing is you watch these people come in one on day one and their yeah. shoulders are down and they're yeah. not really sure what to expect. And by the end of the first day, they're jumping up and down and they're feeling so energized. But even more so, they've found like a new version of themselves, a better yeah. version. And they let go yeah. of some old beliefs. And so it's so cool to, to see people do that. But it's crazy how like you're in a group like that or, or you know how it is when we go to like our events. And Absolutely. Things, and, then, and then you go back into the quote unquote real world, right? And, and people think differently. And that's okay. Like you need to love those people. Don't judge them either because you got to have two hands. You got to have your your friends and family hand and you got to have your entrepreneur, your, your, your family, right? And don't necessarily mix the two. The friends and family will come along if and when they, they want to, but that's okay if they don't. And you got to kind of separate those two, know who you're talking to. Um, <clears throat> but like, don't let them bring you down. Don't, I never ask people their opinion if they're not in like the hand that, that, that I look up to that person. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to go ask. When I dropped out of college with one semester left, I never, I didn't go to my family and say, what do you think about this? Because they probably would have given me their opinion. But no one ever gave me crap about it because I didn't care. <laughs> I was going to go out and start this million-dollar business. I was going to go change the world. Sure, within uh, a year, I had $120,000 debt. There were probably some people that were thinking, oh, he should have. I didn't care. I didn't even hear about that. No one asked. I just felt like nothing but support. But looking back, I'm like, huh, I probably just don't give people that power. And like you mm -hmm. said, I'm not saying I never have given anyone any power over anything. But when you just follow your heart and focus on like, if you want to accomplish something, find the people that are accomplishing that same thing and want to do that same thing and surround yourself with them. Still love the other people, but you don't need to talk to them about that, right? Don't try to convince them. I have a friend that I've known for 12 years. He's one of my best friends. Ever since I started flipping houses, like I've been telling him about the stuff I'm getting into. It's so exciting. And, and he's been dabbling one foot in, one foot out. He's been wanting to do it for so long. He doesn't really love his job. He doesn't love what he's doing for the past 12 years. He's been, I don't want to say he's been miserable. Like he has a beautiful family and stuff like that. But there's a part of him that is killing inside. And it's just because he's allowed his parents and different people in his family to kind of give him that power. They just tell him, oh, you can't do that. Right. And then he, he's like, I'm going to show them. But then he doesn't. It's like, just do it. Don't talk to him about it. Don't bring it up. Just love him. Don't even like, you can't blame anybody else but yourself. Right. We want to, the reason why we do that is we want to blame other people for our own problems. You can't do that. You just got to move forward, surround yourself with the right people and, and don't ask people their opinion or, or get their acceptance for that thing. It doesn't matter. And eventually, the funny thing is, then they will accept you. They will support you. But when you ask people their opinion, everyone's going to give it to you. And usually they don't know what they're talking about if they're not in that realm. So. Well, it, it's incredible because, because you're so right. So people, if, if you ask the wrong people for their opinion, then you're going to let their ideas and their beliefs creep into your head. Because yep. those people are being run by fear. The, they have a certain idea of what life is. And if it doesn't match up with, with what they're doing, um, then they're going to be thinking to themselves, well, hey, well, there's no way that Justin can go and do this thing. 
I've got to tell him because I care about him. I got to tell exactly. him that he, he shouldn't do it, right? And exactly. so they're coming from they're coming from a place where with their beliefs that they've been running and the programs they've been running, it makes sense. Yep. But then you can be an example, and you have been an example because I'm I see a lot of your family members are now kind of following <laughs> down that same path. So I, I love that. Um, I know you're not a big guy on habits. But what are a couple of keystone habits, things that you have been doing or things that you've done in your life that have been really impactful to you being able to be Just to be clear, I am huge on habits. I believe habits run our entire life. But I know what you're saying. Like, I don't necessarily have like a time that I wake up and then brush my teeth mm-hmm. and, and do this and this. And part of that is because like my drive is so insanely strong that I just wake up naturally, like early in the morning, like. I try to sleep in a little bit longer than I, than I can, but having that been said, habits are, are huge. Every day when I wake up, like I get after it. Like it's crazy when I hear someone who like watches TV during the day or like Netflix or whatever, or just want, I'm like, Oh, I, I'm just so excited. Like I love Mondays cause it means I can get after it again. Right. I can wake up and start ch- keep changing the world and work with my amazing team and, and all that stuff. Right. So habits are, are huge. Um, Wait, what, did you, what was your question? <laughs> what are a couple of those habits? What are the things that you like to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis that you think kind of impact your life positively? Okay, so having that been said, like, I mean, it's, it's, I believe like you can have it all, right? And when I first heard the phrase have it all, I'm like, no, that's impossible. Nothing's perfect. And by have it all, I don't mean um, life is going to be perfect or it's going to be easy. But once again, like, why not go for having the best life you possibly can? So to me, that breaks down into uh, business and, and financial, uh, family, like family life. Sp- I, these aren't like exact ones, right? But spirituality and, and health. And I, I may be, might be missing some, but that's generally speaking, right? Um, so for me, like it's very important. Like I coach my son's football team. Um, I went with my daughter on, on Saturday. We had like a little daddy daughter dance right and and i on a regular basis focus on spending one-on-one time with my kids every week as a family we have a family council where we talk about things that everyone's doing well we talk about things that we can improve on it's very important to me that i go on uh, a weekly date with with my wife and we talk through things that that we want to improve in our relationship um i go, go to church every week right so these are all like habits and it's the, it's sure it's the mindset that you're at when you're doing those things and being all in and being there. But the first part is, is showing up. Um, I'm, I do a lot better now, but a long time ago when I, cause I was so, I don't usually have to set like goals of like waking up and working hard in the business. Cause that's just what I naturally go to, but I had to set goals of spending time with my family. Uh, so when I was struggling with like working too much, I had to set a goal of stopping at six o'clock every night. I had to put it away, shut it down. And then at the first few days, it was really hard, but after a while, you form those habits, right? Um, working out, a lot of people ask me, what's your workout routine? The truth is, it, it changes up all the time. I'm either, I'll either go to the gym, go surfing, go running on the beach. I just like change. But having that been said, I don't remember the last time when a week has gone by. It's all about the consistency, right? I don't remember the last time that a week has gone by where I haven't been in the gym or, or done something of that, of that nature, right? I usually try to go work out. Um, anywhere from four to five times per week, right? Uh, were you, were you going to say something? What's that? No, I was just going to say that's some good stuff right there, Justin, for sure. Yeah. So I think it's just like, what are the, like write down like the ideal things that you would want in life and then literally like 
just like I don't not to be cliche, but just like go do it. Just do it. You, yeah, if you, if you mess up, like get back on track. If you miss a day, who who's the the well known um, comedian? Seinfeld, Seinfeld, yeah, like one of the most well known comedians. So Seinfeld, I mean, the way he got so good at his at being a comedian and his jokes, he said every day he would write jokes. But he said if he ever like missed a day, he would write an X on the calendar. And he would never, ever, ever, his rule was never, ever under no circumstances, like this is life or death, will I allow two X's to get on that calendar. I will never let two days go by where I'm not writing jokes. And that's it's just, I mean, the compound effect by Darren Hardy, right? Consistently, persistently, things are going to be hard. Business is not easy, but it's better than the alternative. It's better than working a nine to five or a seven to seven, whatever you want to call it for somebody else, like owning your own life is, is so worth it. And you're going to have struggles every day, but consistent and persistent, surround yourself with the right people and just keep going bit by bit and you'll get there. At, at the end of the day, some people, they can work from an extreme regimen where they do these 10 things every day at the exact same time. And they get up early and they do exact. The point being, make your own. What works for you is, is what's most important. So let's jump into the growth rapid fire round. Just a couple quick questions of things that, uh, that I'm excited to talk to you about. What's a book that's impacted your life the most or that you're the most excited about right now? So um, I actually have just been working on a book that I'm writing with, but I'm, it's like with like you're in it and a bunch of my high level students are in it. But I was writing the intro with Kyle this week and I was going back to the epiphany that I had that caused me to like systematize my, my house building business. And it was at a low point in my life and we were really struggling, literally didn't know how, literally didn't know how we were going to pay the bills. And I got into my, my car after like a long, hard day and Tara calling and saying, Hey, the credit card has been declined again. And like the e-myth was, was playing in the background and I wasn't even listening to it at the beginning. But then all of a sudden, like, I just kind of like started to check in and just realizing that, oh my goodness, this lady in her pie baking business who's struggling, like, I was like, she's crazy, right? Like, what's she doing? Why doesn't she do something different? Like, oh my gosh, like I'm that lady, I'm that same person. Um, so that's wow. had a huge impact on my life. Just that realization that even though people say a house flipping business cannot be like passive or like anything can be systematized, anything you can create a business out of that will work for you. So that epiphany, that realization has changed like the course of my life in looking at every single thing I look at. It's not, can it be out systematized? How can it be automated? How can it be systematized? Um, so that's been, that's been huge for me. So that's where Mr. Systems came from right there. That book, you guys, if you haven't read the E-Myth, you definitely want to check that out. So purpose, why do you do what you do, Justin? Oh man, you know, so I have a lot of thoughts on your why and all like people say, your why is not strong. And, and I believe that, but for me, it's like, there's so much drive. And sometimes what we call our why can actually get in the way of what our why, right? Okay. So we say it's our kids and our family, but yet once you achieve a certain amount of success, like I had to create those rules. So it wasn't necessarily, that was what kept me driving. I just had to know my family is most important no matter what. Right. Um, but having that been said, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like I, once again, I want to say family. That's what everyone says. My, my family is my why. My family is the most important thing to me, but I don't know that that's necessarily what 
what drives me, if that makes sense. I think it's just this innate like thing inside that um, just gets lit up. I mean, call it competitive, call it achieving your full potential, um, call it what you want. I don't totally know. Having that been said, I will tell you your, your why and what drives you will change over the years. For a while, it was, oh my gosh, I need to get out of debt. I need to take care of my family. Um, yeah, I didn't love going door-to-door selling in the heat of Bakersfield satellite dishes early in the morning, late at night. I'm in 110-degree weather, uh, but I did it because I had to literally pay the bills and take care of my family. And now you're, my why changed. You know, the, the Maslow's Law, it's like first you're trying to feed yourself, and then you, now, then you need impact and, and stuff like that. So now my why is, a lot, as we talked about, a lot more focused on impact. How many people can, can we now impact? And then beyond that, like literally things like um, even bigger missions, like how do we stop like slavery? How do we stop human trafficking, right? Absolutely. Like, those are the things I'm looking at now when people say, you're crazy. Like, why do you want to make $100 million a year? Why do you eventually want to make a billion dollars a year? Which I, I frankly, like people are laughing, like I think is very possible, right? I think I will get there in my lifetime to where I'm making a billion dollars a year. And do like, I already have everything I really need. Sure. I don't have a jumbo jet or anything like that. But when we go on a vacation, like we can go wherever we want. We just, a couple weeks ago, we say, hey, let's go to Hawaii for spring break. So we're going to Hawaii next week, right? Like taking all my whole family to South Africa with the eight figure group. Like we're able to do those things. And that's kind of like, okay, that's, that's there. We want to go to wherever we want to go, we can go. Right now it's like, okay, well, what else is there? And to me, it's now like, what kind of impact, like, what does it take to, to stop slavery? What does it take to uh, build wells and schools and these kinds of things? So that's what kind of, I want to say that's what drives me. Um, but I think there's some innate thing in there that, uh, I think most entrepreneurs just have this desire to just keep growing and changing the world and, and being accomplishing stuff. So absolutely. Absolutely. So Justin, finally, who is a mentor that inspires you to live your best life every single day? Hmm. Oh, I have so many incredible mentors. Um, a lot of people with, within the group, um, you know, I really look up to, to Andy McFarland just for the amazing person that, that he is. Um, Russell Brunson's one of, one of my mentors. He's helped me like just kind of expand my mind and believe what is possible and, and grow my business. Um, my, my wife is a mentor in so many ways. She's such an incredible example to me. Um, my mom, she's always giving so much to, to so many people. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a devout, uh, Christian, a member of the church, Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. Jesus Christ is a big, um, you know, me- mentor of mine. Um, so, so many. So many. I could go on and on. My my dad, um, I love Bill, that. Bill Allen. I really look up to him a lot. <laughs> Sorry, that was just. I know you're looking for one, but ah, not one. Just who who inspires you? And I, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of people. It's kind of like your, uh, you know, your board of uh, board of mentors, if you will. You're right. I mean, some people just have one, and for me, like I have several for different things, and it kind of mm-hmm. depends what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. Whoever, like. If obviously I want to be more Christ-like, it's like, okay, look, look to the Savior, right? And, but if like, I want to be like, work on my, my fitness, like who's doing that and who can I follow in that direction? So. I love that. I love that. I think mentorship is such a big thing. You can have digital mentors. You can meet people in real life. You can join groups. There's so many different ways to get connected. So Justin, as we close out, where can people find out more about what you do and uh, how can folks get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can go to houseflippinghq.com. Uh, that's just our, our main hub, our website, and our podcast is, is found there. 
or if you're a an investor that's already doing like a lot of experience and you're doing like six figures in your business and you want to grow a seven figure business, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com and learn more about our seven figure flipping program and fill an application. And uh, yeah, those are the, those are the two main things. So. Awesome. Well, as I said in in kicking this thing off. I'm so grateful to have you uh, have you on the podcast here today. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and thanks for inspiring me. And uh, I'm sure we inspired some other folks today. So hope you have an awesome day, Justin. Awesome. You too, Steve. I, I had a blast. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.